Do you keep losing friends, but you don't know why? If you were abused or neglected in childhood, I can almost guarantee you've had more than your share of ruined friendships. That's what complex PTSD does. At its heart, it's an injury to your ability to connect with other people for several reasons. You've probably been aware for a long time that connection is really hard for you sometimes. And this is a terrible way to go through life, robbed of the most important things that make life happy, love, belonging, people being there for you, having a tribe. And here's the thing, if the connection wound is there, it doesn't tend to get better by itself. It needs to be healed. And I'm calling you out that if friendships are not working out for you, now is the time to change that. It's so important for your life that you do this. And I'm not talking about the friendships where you made a trauma-driven choice to pursue friendship with someone who was cold or cruel or hurtful to you. I'm talking about the good friendships that may have been ruined by your past trauma and the way it made you see things and say things and do things that hurt the other person. And I'm gonna teach you here what that looks like and how you can heal that connection wound so that you can be your real self and develop better friendships that last, that grow deeper over time. So let's look at a few of the most common trauma-driven behaviors that hurt friendships, right? Let's start with the first and most obvious one and the most destructive one, and that is lashing out. What's happening when you do that is negative emotions, which are normal, get oversized in your mind and they come bursting out without a filter. How many times have you expressed yourself and then within a minute or two had the strange feeling that maybe your anger came out too strong? It's the worst feeling. And part of this behavior is just learned it could be what you witnessed growing up with parents who raged. But lashing out also has to do with how your brain and nervous system handle negative experiences, even little ones. When you feel criticized or judged or treated unfairly or left out, there can be this burst of brain activity. There are studies where they've used an MRI to see what goes on in the brain for people who had you know, what they called intensely stressful childhoods. Now, when something stressful happens, as adults, what you'll see on the image is on the right front cortex where emotions happen, it's boom, it's off the charts activity. And at the same time, there's this reduced activity in the left front cortex where reasoning is supposed to be happening. And that's pretty much what it feels like, right? People who don't have that trauma injury going on would have some activity on both sides. They're analyzing it some, they're feeling it some, they're thinking, well, this hurts, but let's put this in perspective. I should ask some questions and pause a little bit here to find out why this is happening and see if I can make it a little better. So that's healthy, that's, what, that's a non-traumatized response. And I just wanna remind you that what you can do, and this is what we're always learning here on this channel about how to heal your trauma response, is you learn to pause your response and what you say and do so that you can be intentional in that moment and maybe follow the pattern laid out by people who don't have trauma, where you think maybe I can make this a little better, I will try to reason it out, I'll ask questions. So you can create your own guidelines for good ways of responding when something upsets you. You don't have to stuff your feelings, 
but you can choose your words and the timing of when you'll express yourself. And it feels really artificial at first, but there are so many reasons to practice this ability to pause and use conscious care when your triggers are active. With PTSD, you, you get hurt by something, a friend says, and you know, it's like a five alarm fire over here. And you get a surge of emotion and your instinct is to fight it and to make it stop. It feels like all of the emotion is being caused by the other person and it's urgent to make it stop. But in reality, your reaction, which is getting this huge surge of intensity from your trauma wound, is exaggerating reality. So yes, people do and say hurtful things. And yes, sometimes we are in denial and we do the opposite mistake, but I'm talking about this one today. With CPTSD, sometimes when something is this big, your trauma makes it feel this big, okay? You're getting all the body signals, adrenaline, cortisol, a feeling of being gut punched and even panicked. And you're either going to go into fight, flight, fawn or freeze mode. And when you lash out, that's what fight mode is. And we all know how this feels to be on the receiving end. It hurts. It feels unreasonable and crazy making and you want to protect yourself and you end up cutting that person off. And that may have been what other people have done to you. So when you react like this, you will get people pulling away from you. And in a moment, I'll teach you how to prevent that. Okay, sometimes it's not overt anger that you're expressing. It's, you know, negative emotions. It's usually anger or feeling threatened, but it's dressed up as, you know, concern. <laughs> as in, I'm only saying this because I care about you, or I'm just speaking my truth. Do you do that? You say things that you think are just true or caring or clarifying statements, but your words are loaded. They're full of prickles. And it's because even though CPTSD stops you from seeing it in the moment, your words are loaded with hurt and it's hurt directed at the other person. And what is it? It's the same criticism and judgment and feeling of injustice that sets off your triggers too. So before you even know what you're doing, your brain is like, you hurt me, I'll hurt you right back. And your CPTSD brain thinks it's protected you, but it's totally messing everything up. So don't confuse lashing out with setting boundaries. Good boundaries, well, first of all, they keep you out of situations where that you are resentful to be in in the first place. And that's often why we lash out. We didn't honor our own boundaries and now we feel defenseless. Your boundary is not to fight about your boundary, but just to have it, to know what it is, to maybe say it and to step away if it comes to that. And then instead of walking around exhausted and alienating people who, with conflict and drama, you're fresh, you're clear, you feel good about yourself and how you handle things, and you're ready for an actually good friendship. And doesn't that sound nice? Another way that negative emotions come in and wreck your friendships is you abandon people. This is the same thing where your CPTSD brain is trying to protect you by shutting people out, you know, not speaking, not responding to them, giving them the cold shoulder, all because the reaction in here is more than you can handle and it feels like they did it to you. And maybe partly they did, but CPTSD is characterized by that intense emotional reaction to things that is out of proportion to what's going on. And I know a bunch of you are gonna say, but so-and-so is a narcissist and they were abusive to me and I can't let them get away with it. And no, you shouldn't, but I'm talking about friendships here. 
people you want in your life. So if you're feeling a little too much emptiness where friends should be in your life, this could be one of the reasons. But let's come back to drama because that's a friendship ruiner all by itself. Sometimes your anger or defensiveness isn't directed at the friend in front of you. It's directed at someone else and you're having a lot of drama about it. You know, I'm messed up about this thing and I'm telling you about it. And your CPTSD, if it isn't healed yet, it can be really hard to keep drama out of your life and just be, stay calm about life's ups and downs because, you know, it just feels like trouble seems to find you. One way I've described it is having drama is like living in a house where there are no doors and windows, but for some reason all this cold air and wind and branches and mud are getting in. And there's, you know, people, I don't know who they are. They're over here on the sofa. Everything's a mess. How did these people get in here? Why is it all messed up in here? It feels like it just happened, but it was you who had the doors and the windows closed. It's coming from within. So we all know what it feels like to be around somebody who's overwhelmed by their own drama. You can't help them. You can't reach them. And they're usually way too, loaded up with their own stuff to care about other people. And there's, you know, that's, that's going to come with life when things get hard. The thing to remember is that drama is the natural byproduct when a person is, is, you know, out there living life. And that's a good thing. But thanks to being raised maybe in a dysfunctional family, maybe not having such good red flag detectors, drama sneaks in. So when you're going through drama, how are you going to not talk about it or have bad days? It happens, and this can be healed, but just for the record, some people who have left your life, even though you wanted them to stay, left because there was too much drama. And the people who will stick around when drama's running high are usually other traumatized people who are maybe attracted to drama or who have so much of their own that they're not even listening to you anyway. So either way, it's not a good dynamic. The next thing that ruins friendships, and here's a different kind of symptom that pushes friends away, and it's when you have too many rules for other people, which is a control thing about you know, what they can and can't say and do when they're around you. And this is another thing that happens when you don't have a good understanding of what a boundary is. Like, um, I don't hang out with people who are drinking alcohol. That's, what, that's some people's boundary, for example. So that is a boundary because it's you knowing what you need and deciding who you will and will not hang out with. But if your boundary is confused or you don't have the power to communicate it well, or you're with someone who wants a drink more than they want your company, you may find yourself trying to control another person's drinking arguing with them about it, trying to legislate the, you know, he said, she said story of how you got there, getting triggered, which, you know, who are we kidding, can happen to everyone with CPTSD under stress. It will often drag you into that argument, trying to control someone else rather than just having a boundary and respecting it, which means you either decide to accept the situation like, okay, fine, drink, I just changed my mind about you, or you just say, oh, thanks. You know, I didn't realize we were going to a bar. Um, I'm going to head home. Talk to you later. Bye. So you can decide later when you make that kind of exit, if that's the kind of friendship you want to keep trying to have. You can, you don't have to, but staying calm and collected in the moment without lashing out, without shaming the other person, just no drama, no attempts to control. Now what you have coming towards you is information and perception. You're like flowing water here. You're peaceful, you're flexible, you're powerful. And this leaves your choices about the future much more open. 
Now you may not like everything about your friends, but there's often room to have your boundaries and let them be their wonderful selves. That's what they want. That's what everyone wants to be themselves. So what can you do to contain your CPTSD symptoms while your healing is still in progress and still open up your life to better and better friendships? The first and best thing you can do is learn to calm your triggers from the inside out. Rather than trying to make other people protect you from getting triggered or being hard on people when you do get triggered, because it's not your fault that you have CPTSD, but it's not their fault either. The power to change things is actually right here in your own brain and emotions and thinking. And that's where change is possible, even if it's not instant or easy. But you absolutely have the power in any moment, any interaction to pause and soften down and listen and be attentive to what's going on so that your negative emotions you know, can go over here and your friend's feelings can be safe over here. And if there's something you need to communicate or express anger about or set a boundary around, it can usually wait a minute or two or even a day because that little bit of time between trigger and reaction is your friend. <laughs> it helps to keep your focus on the values and behaviors you're trying to hold for yourself or to grow into. Maybe it's kindness, right? Maybe it's more a more accepting attitude. Maybe it's encouragement for other people. And you know, that little moment of time will sometimes allow you to realize you're not into this friendship. You would like to step away. And no, you don't have to criticize them or judge them on your way out the door. They get to be them. You get to be you. And even if being you means not being in that friendship, that's okay. Now, having CPTSD can mean that on some days or for an hour here and there, you might get very stuck in your negative emotions and thinking. This is one big way that you might be pushing friends away. So there's a time and a place to talk to friends about how you're feeling, but there's a way that the intensity of CPTSD can make you talk a little too much about it. Good friends, need your time and attention too. So force yourself, if you have to, to give them the floor sometimes. Everybody needs a safe way to express what's bothering them. And a good way to do that before you start venting on another person is to funnel those negative thoughts out of your mind and onto paper. Maybe you journal, um, but I use a technique that's much more specific and effective for me to get the lion's share of negative emotions resolved, not just recorded, but resolved with just this little bit left that, um, that may be left to, that I need to express to someone. And that little bit is much more hearable for other people because I've taken most of the fear and resentment that isn't really attached to them, but it, it feels like it, but I get it on paper. I, I ask for it to be removed. I rest in meditation. This is the daily practice technique you hear me talk about all the time. There's always a link to that down below, by the way, um, in the description section. I get most of that fear and resentment resolved. What's left that I need to talk to the person about, they can hear about it. When you have criticisms of other people, you actually don't need to speak all of them. And you don't have to run away. Um, but you may need to express yourself. So ask yourself when you have the urge to criticize, is this really necessary? Usually it's not. You don't have to say, I'm not going to your birthday dinner because I can't stand the way that you get stressed out before parties. You can just say, thanks, I'm so sorry I'm not able to come, but happy birthday, I hope you have a great time, right? When you've hurt someone, which is gonna happen because you know, we're human, 
be quick to see it, admit it, do something about it. Don't wait, don't make excuses, don't tell your friend all the reasons why you couldn't help but be hurtful because, you know, whatever, your past, your problems. Just open your heart to them and own it and apologize. Good friends really appreciate it when you just say, hey, I'm sorry what I said was really hurtful. I wanna take it back. And that kind of honesty and humility is something we all admire in other people. And if you can do it, your friend is much more likely to open their heart again to you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.